I know uh, I know having to check the box that says I'm 18 has stopped me from a lot of stuff. Welcome to Spit Take Podcast. My name is Sam and joining me as always are Adam. Hey. And Rick. Hello. Today we'll be talking about the latest entertainment news as well as our favorite DC animated movies and TV shows. Make sure you let us know your favorites in the comments or anyone might have missed. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Links to all the places you can find us will be in the episode description. Rick, I heard we had a listener write in with their top fighting movies. Yes, we had a listener. His name is Aaron. He listens every week. And his top fighting movies are Legend of Drunken Master, which uh, I think me and Sam agreed is uh, one of our favorites, so we talked enough about that. Kill Bill <laughs> 1 and 2, which I think we did mention is kind of a runner-up last week. I think Adam mentioned that. But we did mention this one after the show. Someone mentioned, I can't believe uh, someone didn't say It Man. Uh, um, so I, I don't know who said that, but yes, that is... Uh, another movie we probably felt guilty about leaving off the off the list because uh, what's his I, name, Donnie? Uh, I I definitely felt guilty leaving that one off the list. That is such a great movie. We that's a fantastic I, movie. I can't believe we forgot to bring that one up. Well, hey, yeah. you know what? This isn't going to be the last time we talk about fight movies. And FYI. Like as I was editing all of this and I just kept listening to the part where we're talking about like we're talking about fight movies. I'm like, there's like 10 other ways to call these movies. We could have called them action movies. We could have called them martial arts. I just kept being like going back to fight movies. There's I, so many things I want to just stop being a wuss about it, dude. It's people fighting like, oh, my God. I never heard two people complain about how, how, what we no, top, the topic of a freaking. <laughs> I wasn't complaining you know? about that. Come on, I was the one that brought up this topic to begin was, with. I said I, I want martial arts movies. Now. I want martial arts movies, and then all of a sudden it was fighting movies, and I'm like, okay, okay that like yeah, Road, but, Roadhouse. We missed that one too. <laughs> we did miss that one. That's a great fighting movie. But, and there's uh, a new one coming out apparently. But I think the reason I went that way was because. Zach was coming on, and he's an MMA fighter, and I didn't really consider MMA kind of an Eastern martial art, kung fu style type of thing. So I kind of wanted to make it more that kind of theme. Either way, we had fun. Yeah. That, no, that that was a good <laughs> good episode. That was one of our longest episodes I think we've ever had, which was interesting. I'm sure that was great for you to edit, huh, Adam? I I hated my life for a little bit. <laughs> You know how long it takes to edit 30 minutes of these podcasts? Hours. <laughs> my like work, my my office staff like looks at me through the window as I'm because I have a little window in my office and they just look at me on my lunch break and I'm just like sitting there like just dead staring at my computer as I'm trying to edit as much as I can in that time. Get short lunch breaks and I just do yes. what I can. Only during lunch breaks but do you work on your other Only day. during lunch breaks do I work. <laughs> <laughs> but uh we got some news today um uh, rick was there anything else you wanted to cover from our uh from our fan no hi aaron Talk to <laughs> hi, you later. aaron thank you for hi, thank aaron. you for letting us know 
Uh, we appreciate you are, you, your input, man. You are one of 12 people that we appreciate. But, hey, <laughs> we do want more participation, guys. So, uh, you know, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff, YouTube. And uh, if you uh, have a favorite, whatchamacallit, today we're going to talk about DC cartoons. If you have a favorite DC cartoon, give us your top cartoon, your top moment, top DC superhero, send it to us, and we'll talk about it on the show. And we love you all. But let's kick off the news. Uh, first you, thing we got on George, not you, George. We don't like you, George. Yeah, Fuck that's off, George. My grandpa, he's eighty-two years old, guys. <laughs> not, not different, George. Okay. Yeah, we don't like the other George. Your grandpa's fine. We like him. Yeah. But net, so Netflix is uh, cutting their their cheapest basic ad free plan that cost eleven ninety nine. Netflix is becoming almost as bad as cable. Um, I still have Netflix and I've toyed with the idea of letting it go, but it has the occasional show that I do like to watch. And they're, as we we're talking about last week, their documentaries have been pretty good. So like I'm having a hard time partying with it because they do have some good content, but I don't know if it's $20 a month worth of content. Um, I just like, I don't know how I feel right now. Eventually it will probably go away. Probably after Cobra Kai season six, um, I'm going to probably just uh, disconnect with it for a while. They've been a bunch of a uh, bunch of cheap asses over there. They're doing crazy layoffs and everything. I, uh, I don't know how I feel about Netflix right now. Well, their ad plan, I believe is six 99. Their ad free plan is 15 99. And I put the quote on here. Uh, as we invest in and improve Netflix, we'll occasionally ask our members to pay a little extra to reflect those improvements. So those uh, prices are expected to, to even go up. So not only are they kind of like giving you no real option, but to go uh, ads or pay out your caboose, you uh, you're uh, going to go up either way in price once you choose. And From the sound of it. I mean, they, they're, they're already tried to, or are trying slash tried to cut down on password sharing on it. So, yeah. Yeah. They, they really, really hit that one a couple of months before they decided, Hey, we're going to bump that price right up there, baby. I know. Well, so I was going to say that they are, you know, they've cut off like the password sharing and everything. So you've got to think, you know, people were still going off and like buying it who were now disconnected from their friends or family's passwords, but they're still struggling enough that they're raising prices and doing all of this. So, I mean, if you're invested in Netflix, I think it's time to sell. Um, <laughs> it looks like they're struggling a little bit with what they're doing. But that wasn't like. Went back in, I think I was a member of this plan since 2013, but I probably was a member way back when, when we used to get it for just to get delivered two discs. Yeah. So I probably had, I did have a different email with that one. I switched emails because I was hacked on the other one. And originally I got it for the two discs. I didn't originally get Netflix because they were making movies and, and TV shows. Yeah. So you know what I mean? So, like, to tell me that you're going to raise the prices because you're making movies and TV shows, that's not why I originally bought it. I bought it back in, two, or I got it back in 2006 when I was in college because I was a college kid who wanted movies delivered to me. Yeah. Well, and for if you're a younger listener, they did used to deliver movies to us in the mail on disc. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it blew our minds. 
you used to have to go to the to the video store. They also had like hey. a booth where you can like don't. uh outside of Walgreens and you can get movies the right red at box. that booth and apparently that was huge but like don't people try could not be don't try to do that nowadays don't try to erase the great legacy of blockbuster by saying movie store come on There's i was still, I, was, I, I still know where a family video is okay <laughs> i so i was more of a family video person i didn't really go to blockbuster yeah, Family Video has been shutting down all, but you still see their buildings because they were very, uh, they were very uniform in what they looked like, like. The last one shut down recently. Probably yeah. there's one very, more block. Very there's, like a, like a couple like a week or two ago, the last one shut down. I haven't there's driven one that blockbuster left. thirty in a while. <laughs> yeah, well, I was surprised because I thought the one that was here in town in my town was still open. Yeah, but that used to be the that used to be the thing to do on a Friday night: go out, rent a movie. Make some popcorn, watch with your friends. But you know what? You'd spend an hour in that video store to pick out a movie. And you'd get your candy there. You'd get your, you know, giant size candy. You'd get your drink, your two liter for a quarter. Um. <laughs> but you guys had Blockbuster. I grew up in a podunk town. We had the Movie Depot. And yeah. the cool thing about the movie depot is they had a big gumball machine. And if you pulled out like a pink gumball, you get a uh, rent one, get one free movie. And I'd get like heavy metal, uh, 19, I think it was like 1981 heavy metal, the cartoon. And my mom get it. She's like, this is repulsive after she <laughs> watched it. Cause I left it in the living room. The only thing I know about that movie is the South park episode. They did. Yeah, it's, it's. I've never seen it. It's pretty like it's pretty graphic for probably. I was like probably eleven year old years old when I rented it. <laughs> I won't lie. The main thing I got from Blockbuster were video games. Me too. Like the the movies were great. I, I liked those, but I also had a VHS uh, recorder at home. So uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot of the movies yeah. I wanted to see, I just had to fast forward through through commercials, which uh, Netflix will not allow you to do pretty common yeah we were the same way we uh we recorded a lot you know we had the two uh the two um vhs players next to each other hooked up so that you press record on one while it was playing on the other we had the whole system set up and that was how you you pirated movies back in the day yeah oh yeah pirate movies like a man come on <laughs> now you just yeah. get a now you just get a ton of viruses oh yeah <laughs> You wouldn't and download don't a car. Ga- don't forget Gamefly, but apparently they're still around too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Gamefly! I forgot about Gamefly. Yeah, they're I like the ads for them. I had that. Uh, I had that subscription longer than I wanted to because I was like, I want to cancel. I went online to cancel. It's like, oh, you have to call one of our representatives, and I was like, that seems like talking to people, and I don't want to do that. So I just kind of let it go until they finally just canceled it for me. Yeah, I'm scared of people. It was big with me for like a short time. Anyways, let's yeah, bring it back back to camp. Hey, we're talking. You know what? We're talking about video games. Let's talk about the trailer Sam sent us. Yeah, uh, some game <laughs> called Paul World. Pal World. Pal yeah. World. Paul. So Pal. And by the way, you called my uh, Paul, huh? podcast Warriors Respite last week. I listened to the podcast. I'm like, yep. it's Warriors Respite. 
I was going to call you out when it happened, but uh, I, I call out both y'all enough when you're, you flip something. So stop making fun of the foreigner. I, I also I also figured I'd let Rick take that I'm one. But make a hey. super cut. I want to make a super cut of Adam mispronouncing things. Bootista, Warriors respite. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's like fuck it's you guys. That's what. <laughs> so funny story about that. My friend. Uh, uh, you know, um, when we were kids and we'd play games, you know, and you go through the the tutorial and when he was like showing me, he's like, oh, I was like, oh, I think I got to do this tutor royal. And he's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, I got to do the tutor royal. And he's like, it's it's pronounced tutorial. And I'm like, holy shit, I've been pronouncing this wrong for like five years. I was like, <laughs> I look like an idiot. Champagne. Oh my God. Futurama. <laughs> Christopher Walken. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my yeah, God. No, I, I, uh, I thought we were it's going my for thing. the old Listen. Continental. <laughs> we were, but you know what? That's my thing. Rick's thing is giving terribly long and crazy explanations and sam's thing is to zone out from time to time and not have any clue where we are or what we're talking about and make faces when i mis uh misuse words i, I do it for <laughs> yeah. both of you that's true <laughs> sam just sits there and quietly judges us yep <laughs> anyways but, pal world <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Sam, tell us about so, Pal World. So so Pal World kind of came out of nowhere. Um I I've done a little bit of digging, a little bit of listening to the other people's videos on it, and nobody was expecting this thing to come out. And the developers really didn't expect it to sell uh like 40 million copies in the first two days. Um, but it is it's basically Pokemon. Uh, Pokemans ver, uh, meets Valheim meets Ark, and it looks amazing. Uh, the last like week and a half since it's been out has just been people saying, oh, they're going to get sued, and other people going, they can't be sued. But I think my favorite, uh, <laughs> my, my favorite couple of things from hearing about the developers is, number one, they, they added guns because Americans like to shoot things. Yeah, <laughs> they they added a uh, non-binary uh, um, type of person you could play as because Americans like to make ugly characters. <laughs> and the third, which is probably my favorite, is that like a portion of the models in that game were created by the son of a convenience store worker who's like 13 <laughs> that, that they would go to just to buy their energy drinks and whatnot. And they were like, Hey, do you know how to uh, 3d model? It's like, sure. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that was the first thought I had when I watched the trailer as I was like, oh, they're getting sued. I mean, they clearly had a herd of Pikachus um, just jump down in the middle of the trailer. I'm like, they are getting sued. <laughs> like, and it's not even like it's, it's like, oh, this is like a tribute to Pikachu. They look like fucking Pikachus. Yeah, like, but like, I, it's getting, I still want to like, play it. It's getting like really good reviews. And I've actually looked at like a couple of videos and people are like, this is like not Pokemon. 
This is like just a really good game. Like people are like they're building a base and then they're capturing these animals and each animal has their individual powers and then they're like doing like a lot of different stuff that you would imagine you'd do in an open world as a kid. Like it's a really good open world for, game for 30 bucks. One of one of the other things that I've seen that really <laughs> tickled me was um, <laughs> you can capture other people and yeah. make them your pals. <laughs> um, I didn't see are, that. <laughs> you are forcing these animals and people to work for you. And then I saw a video <laughs> just today where this guy calls out one of his pals, kneels down, pets it, then pulls out a bazooka, <laughs> loads the pal into the bazooka, and fires it off at a structure in the distance, and it explodes. That's not even how a bazooka works. <laughs> I don't care. It was awesome. <laughs> I, and the game, the game's only like 25, 30 bucks. I think it's 25 on Steam right now, 30 bucks elsewhere. And yeah, it looks I, like it's up. Uh, I've got to buy 30. this. I've got to start playing this. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. I need to make some money then so I can play this stupid game, too. Mm -hmm. And I'm probably going to be addicted to it because that's usually what happens when I'm like, this game looks okay. uh, I'm buying it this week because I don't know. It just looks like it just looks like it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I I do want to try it. It does have up to four player co-op. If you pay for a server, you can have up to 25. Um, Okay. Yeah. But it does look like it does from the videos I've watched. It looks like they've scaled like the boss battles uh, to accommodate, you know, up to four people. Um, Yeah, it it, it looks entertaining as well. Well, speaking of like open world games, uh, the the one that I'm probably going to get before I get Pal World is uh, Enshrouded. Because that's getting some really good reviews now that they're through the uh, the hiccups of the server crashes, um, it's getting like awesome reviews and it keeps popping up in my feed. Uh, and I've watched a couple of gameplay videos. It's very much, uh, very much like Valheim, very similar, okay. um, but a little bit better crafting system and everything. And it's more like it's kind of like Dark Souls meets Valheim, um, and. Yeah, so with like the combat, the gameplay, the combat is more like the uh, is more like Dark Souls, but the base building is a lot more like Valheim. So I'm actually very interested in that game, and I think it's like 25 bucks right now. So I might be looking into that one soon. Uh, it's a newer game; I think it hit just a few weeks ago. Nice. Well, what yeah, I, I'll, what I'll I, check that out. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Rick. What I think is, if uh, everybody gets this game, and we have a listener that has the game we should do a night where we record playing it with them yeah sure possibly <laughs> but uh cool anything else about pal world spend your night playing pal world with three middle-aged guys <laughs> we're gonna turn it on see like a little 10 year old boy and we're like nope <laughs> uh-uh. oh Nope. Uh-uh. Don't you not get doing the this. under 18 turned off? What? No. Oh yeah, cuz that stops everybody. Uh-huh. I know uh I know <laughs> having to check the box that says I'm 18 has stopped me from a lot of stuff. Mm. You think kids are doing that? <laughs> no. Like I know you're joking. <laughs> but still. Um but yeah, no, I think uh Power World looks like fun. Uh 
And then I sent you guys the trailer last night for uh, Roadhouse. I'm really excited about the Roadhouse movie. I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I like the movies he's in. Um, I haven't seen anything of his that I really didn't like. Um, at least nothing that comes to mind. I don't think I ever saw Bubble Boy because I thought it looked stupid. I could dumb. be wrong. No, that no. was dumb as shit. Okay. No, that was awesome. <laughs> that was dumb as shit. It I never saw that no. one. It was I one of those. God. It was one of those dumb movies. But holy crap, it was great. <laughs> Wasn't so that one like? Me. And maybe I'd uh, have to watch it again because I think at the time maybe I just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe Jake Gyllenhaal is small, smarter than I'm giving him credit for. Yeah, that could be possible. It looked really stupid. But... I think Tom Green was smarter than I gave him credit for. For <laughs> Freddie Got Fingered, yes, because Freddie Got Fingered, he was a genius in that. Yeah, Tom, Tom Green is one of those guys that you don't think is as smart as he is. He that dude's a freaking he, genius. he's a genius. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, so the the Roadhouse movie, like it's got Conor McGregor as the bad guy in it, or he, like he's a kind of a thug in it and stuff. Yes, but it's and all he about fits that because yeah. people hate him and he acts <laughs> like a freaking thug. Um, he literally like who was it? Uh, was it uh I forget their names where he threw a freaking chair at them and stuff like that? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Was, was that the bus? Yeah, the bus and all. Oh that. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's got to be fake. And people are like, no, he really acts like that. Like I, I can't believe it's real. But he's like literally getting in trouble and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Like, I feel like he kind of got his shit together a little bit. And I think yeah. the thing, one thing I respect about Conor McGregor, though, is even though he's an asshole douchebag, he still wants to compete. Like, he still, even though he knows, you know, he's going to lose, he still gets back in there. Um, he's a good, he's a good he fighter to do yeah. it. He can back it up. He can. Um, he's good. he doesn't need to, but he right. still tries to do it. Who? I, so I like I said, I only watched the first minute of that uh, trailer you sent. Who is the Sam Elliott character? Sam Elliott character. Yeah, because the, Sam Elliott is too old to be in this roadhouse. Who <laughs> who plays the Sam Elliott character? Because oh. I, I can't remember the guy's name, but I'm I'm thinking of like the early '90s uh, UFC, like the dude with the mustache in the UFC, the older white guy that was balding. I. I, I can't remember. I have his no name. idea. Uh, dang it! Now I gotta look it up. <clears throat> well, I think originally they were supposed to do a uh, they were supposed to do a Roadhouse movie that was going to have Ronda Rousey. I remember hearing about that years ago, and I think they scrapped it. I mean, I know they scrapped it because we've never Don seen Fry. it. Don Fry, sorry, Don Fry, Don Fry. Okay, he, so he would be a great Sam Elliott character. He he would, but I I'm excited to see this because the action looks really good. It looks like it's a lot more action packed than the Roadhouse we got with Swayze, um, but obviously we we love Patrick Swayze and everything he does. But uh, Jake Gyllenhaal just looks like he's does such an amazing job with this movie, and he has a really good knack for putting himself into the character and really giving everything he's gotten into, into what he does. Um, you know, like he's the best part of some of the movies where he's the side character. Yeah. He's just he's he's excellent. He's excellent. And I, and I think that's a big reason that I'm really into going to see this movie. Yep, I agree. I, I think it's I, I didn't have high hopes right. for it when you sent the trailer. I was kind of like, ah, 
why are you why are you remaking one of the American or one of one of America's greatest movies? But yeah, yeah looking at the first minute of that, eh, yeah, I'm, I'm down. I'll go watch it. Have yeah, to. for sure. I I just really like the atmosphere watching yeah. it. Like I feel like I'm on vacation watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Just the I know that's out of left field, but looking at the surroundings, the palm trees and the sun and everything, I don't know if it's meant to look like that, but I just feel like I'm on vacation watching this trailer. Like I feel good yeah. watching this trailer just being there. And then on top of that, like just watching the fights and stuff like that, the action does look brutal. It does. And that's what kind of like sold me on it is I was like, this is going to be an awesome action movie. Um, I would. But again, like fight. (laughs) It's called a goddamn action movie. All right. We're not getting into this again. I would would Um, happily go back to 80s style action movies. Yeah. Well, there's a couple that I really don't want to see them remake, but they have potential like Big Trouble in Little China. I kind of hope they never remake that movie. That movie's perfect the way it is. Uh, when they were talking about doing a remake with The Rock, I was like, this has potential. But at the same time, it's never going to be Kurt Russell in what's arguably one of the silliest martial arts movies of all time. Um, it is so it is such a great movie. But like Roadhouse, I'm willing to give this one a, willing to give this one a shot. It looks gritty. It looks fun. It looks um, just like really well put together. So. I'm yeah. hoping that uh, I'm hoping it is good. And if you haven't seen the trailer, you can stop by our Facebook page and uh, check it out. Uh, make sure to follow us when you get there. Hey, if any of your listeners, I'm thinking you want to start a roadhouse with us. <laughs> Rick is trying to push engagement with fans a little too far. <laughs> we, we, we will not meet you. <laughs> Let us know if you open one and we might oh. stop by for a drink. Yes. <laughs> we are not interested in any kind of business venture opening a roadhouse. Okay. Rick does not speak for any of us. On that. Oh, but if you have a roadhouse, we're looking for sponsors. So, okay. Well, here, here's one that I hope Rick can't uh, <laughs> do any type of audience participation. <laughs> Vince McMahon Oh my God. It's a WWE sex case right now. <laughs> he's being, Vince McMahon is being accused of uh, of sexual assault and all kinds of things. There's a laundry list of stuff. <laughs> Seeing a challenge Rick now, and he's trying to think of how to incorporate people into this. But um, I'll let Rick. Exp- uh, I'm gonna let Rick take a second, and then he can explain this one to you because like he. Kn- he's you boys like Mexico. He's following. <laughs> he's Rick is following this one a lot more closely than I've been, so I'm gonna let Rick kind of talk about some of the details, some of the stuff that's been coming up. Have you ever been to uh, a Turkish bath? <laughs> <laughs> I heard there was a gangbang here. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants a mustache? Uh, okay, Rick. Why do? Why do? do? Like we're like we're making all these uh, we're making all these jokes and stuff like that, and now we're going to get into a serious topic about sexual assault. So, so, so enjoy. Anyways, um, yeah. So Vince McMahon was accused a while back of uh, 
sexual misconduct with a former employee. I uh, forget her name was Miss Grant, and uh, she accused him of uh, uh, sexual assault. Um, having her uh, give sexual favors to uh, a manager, John Laronitis. Uh, you might know him for People Power. Uh, also the creator of the Stone Cold Stunner, actually. Um, and what came out recently were text messages, and allegedly they are from Vince McMahon's phone. Um, I don't even know if they've been entirely proven to be from Vince McMahon's phone, but um, it is being said to be from Vince McMahon's phone. And they are very repulsive messages that I probably will not read on air. From Vince um, McMahon's phone. (laughs) On Vince McMahon's phone. Um, I don't have Vince McMahon's phone on me. Um, and also 67, uh, I think it's like 62 to 67 page. I don't have that on me. Let me see. I probably go on my Twitter and look. There was quite a few. I was reading through some of these text messages that were, uh, you know, of course, allegedly sent by Vince McMahon. And, uh, some of it's pretty disturbing. Like people putting those words together is something that, uh, is pretty depraved if they are, uh, actually his and everything. It's. I was like reading it and I was like, this is terrible. Yeah. And the document, the court filing is 67 pages of accusations by Miss Grant uh, of things that he's done as far as misconduct. And Brock Lesnar is being implicated as Vince McMahon offered her to Brock Lesnar to entice him to sign with the company um so some are calling this sex trafficking so um you be the judge of that and so there are many other repulsive things in this i've sat and listened to people kind of analyze this stuff something about a threesome and vince mcmahon taking a dump on her and then making her give pleasure to another man while he takes a shower comes back and continues uh, give doing the deed while she has to sit there with his dung on her. her. Um, it gets worse than that. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Like, yeah, I don't know. I was just kind of reading that, and like I was reading some of the text messages, and again, my mind was just kind of like, "What the hell is this?" Like, what? Like, it's one of those things when you start, um, you know, when you start reading it, you're like, "What kind of human being thinks like this?" Like, this is really messed up. Like, bored 70 year old billionaire. That's true. That's true. And if that's the case, I don't want to be a billionaire. I'm lying. That's the thing. (laughs) What there's a quote by Jim Carrey is like, I wish more people could uh, have, like, have all the money so they could see it's not the answer. Yeah. But. We're going to be following this case kind of closely, especially Rick uh, in the Spit Take Wrestling podcast. Um, he's going to be kind of following all this um, and uh, and just kind of checking it out. So, uh, and he'll be doing a little bit of analyzing. If you're not aware of this, Rick is a uh, behavioral uh, behavioral health specialist therapist. Um, so he's going to kind of look at this from a different kind of point of view. Um, but 
we are uh, we're excited to hear more about that. But we just kind of wanted to bring it up because it's hitting the news and it's it's a pretty pretty big deal if you're into the wrestling world. And we're we're mostly going to be taking a non biased um, opinion on this. We're just going to try to be presenting the facts as they are. Um, knowing us, there's going to be some bias slipped in there, and uh, we apologize. Please don't cancel us. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, so, <laughs> and cool. if any of our listeners know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then there's one last uh, one last thing. The Christmas pool. <laughs> German scheisse porn. <laughs> One more trailer. <laughs> one more trailer we need to talk about. <laughs> a lot new of trailers this, one, this week. A lot of news this week. This yeah. one, uh, continuing the wrestling theme, I'm kind of excited about this one, actually. <laughs> we're, we're only bringing you the hardest hitting news. <laughs> yeah. This one's hard hitting. John Cena is starring in a new movie. <laughs> it's called The Vince McMahon Story. They're actually John Netflix Cena is actually re- is the poop. Nat- Netflix is actually uh, releasing a Netflix uh, Netflix Vince McMahon documentary. Oh. Uh, perfect timing to be announcing that apparently. Right. Um, <laughs> but tell us about the uh, the movie trailer. <laughs> so this movie called Ricky Stanicky, and it's <laughs> Zac Efron and uh, these two other guys. And apparently they want to like party or something like that. I don't know. I, so, I, okay. So I'll, I'll explain this one. So, okay, uh, cause I, I, maybe I saw it more recently. Um, but so the whole premise of this uh, movie is that three friends made up this person who they said was like a childhood friend of theirs to use as an excuse to go and do, do whatever they want basically. So the trailer kind of starts with them saying, Oh, Oh my God, are you okay? You're in the ER. And they're like, "Oh, Ricky's in the ER. We gotta head to uh, we gotta head to uh, Nevada real quick." And so, like, they jump on a plane and go there. And they're like talking about how they're about to go to the World Series and go do that because, like, they made up this friend just to go do things. And then while they're there, one of their one of them, whose wife is pregnant, um, she goes into labor six weeks early. So they have to get back. And they're like, "Well, we called all the hospitals. Nobody knew anything about a Ricky Stanicky. So they start accusing them of making the character or making the person up. So they go and hire somebody who's John Cena, uh, and he's a uh, like a he's like a stripper, I think. But anyways, he's like the stripper, he's like a, and he's like a crazy guy. Yeah, he's like he's a, insane, but yeah. he's like the stripper, and uh, you know he just has no filter or anything. And the the rest of the trailer is pretty hilarious of just things that John Cena saying to people. Um, but it's them trying to convince their wives that this is Ricky Stanicky, the person that they made up. Uh, but they're trying to prove that he's real the whole time. So um, obviously hilarity ensues. But John Cena is somebody who uh, he's really coming to his own as an actor. Like there's there was a lot of movies early in his career that I was like, this is stupid. Like I had no interest in watching them. But he's made some like really good ones now or had some really good parts to a point where I'm like, he is uh, he's exceptional. Um, you know, his part in Peacemaker, I don't think anybody else could have played that character the same way. No. And that's probably why he got his own show. Um, and uh, he's so funny in it. And anytime he like, I think he was trying too much to do action when in reality, he's a good comedy star. 
that's really what he is. Well, you know, John Cena was taking acting classes for many years in the WWE. Yeah. He was a golden boy. And he was always a golden boy. You could tell he was, since he came into the WWE, he was the perfect boy. Yes, he had his down years before he became the guy, but he always, you can tell he was the guy that kept his nails clean. He was the perfect boy. And he was destined for great things. Like, you wanted to love him until you hated him, but you hated him because they pushed you as someone to love. But now, like, every time I see him, I love him. Like, in movies, Mm -hmm. like... Um, cause he's likable in movies, even though he's kind of weird looking. Yeah. Um, he's like, <laughs> I, it's, he's, he's very likable when he's like starring in movies. And John um, Cena, if we ever meet you in real life, Rick is the one saying that I think you're a very handsome man. Well, I think he's weird looking now. I don't think he was weird looking before. Um, <laughs> and if any of <laughs> sure. our listeners, um, want to, you know, just stop no more enough just stop. okay stop here here's my question or here's my statement rather um for an early 90s slash 80s action movie that i would happily see redone um i'd like to see john cena being uh hulk hogan's character in mr nanny um, I think he'd be fantastic in a tutu, and I think he could play that character really well. I think people aren't into those movies anymore because The Rock tried with the Tooth Fairy, which I thought was hilarious. But uh, but but this one this one has Hogan tied to it. He could be the bad guy this time. But I think Hogan's mm-hmm. more manly. <laughs> Isn't like I'm sorry, Cena. You're cool, but like you shave everything, you know. Like we're, Hogan's we're gonna, not, like got a mustache and a, Cena. A, a, if he plays that part, he's got to shave all this to match Hogan. Yeah, like Hogan looks like a middle aged man. <laughs> Cena looks like a Cena is like a much metrosexual. There's probably a lot of people out there right now like, what is this Mr. Nanny they're talking about? If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's Hulk Hogan as a nanny. So Mr. Nanny Nanny is the the brief synopsis from IMDb. Um, A former professional wrestler is hired to be the bodyguard slash nanny for a couple of bratty kids whose inventor father is being stalked by a rival. Hey, Rick. Yeah. Um, please don't ever do a synopsis of a movie like I just did. I really enjoy your long synopsis. Oh, okay. okay. We encourage it. Yes. 1989 <clears throat> was a good year for film. No Holds Barred came out that year. That was Hulk Hogan. Oh, oh okay. The, I was like, I don't know what that has to do with anything. Mr. Nanny came no, out in 93. <laughs> you never seen No Holds Barred, the Hulk Hogan wrestling movie? No. I'm sure I oh have, but man, it's I've seen. I've seen... I've seen Suburban Commando. But that was the Hulk Hogan wrestling movie, though. Yeah. Yeah. Suburban Commando. Nope, never saw it. Um, a movie. It existed, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> it was a movie. Kurt Lloyd. Cool. Hulk Hogan was an alien who but was fighting best, other aliens on Earth. The Christopher Lloyd movie is Balls of Fury. Oh. He, Balls he was of Fury in. was really good. But he, well, he wasn't in that movie. Oh no! I'm thinking of Christopher. You think Walken. of Christopher Walken? <laughs> yeah. 
I was confused too. I was like, Christopher you, Lloyd was not in there. You got you gotta pass me because you. you said Balls of Fury, and I just started thinking about that you, movie, and that sucker. movie was so damn good. This is how my this is how my brain works. Is uh, when you said that, I played the entire movie in my head in about thirty seconds, and uh, realized he was not in that movie. What yeah. I, every single about? scene, Balls of Fury. Yeah. No, but no, I was no. talking about Suburban Commando. Oh, Christopher Lloyd was in that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Anyways, the movie. Hold on. Ricky um, Santa Key looks pretty funny. It looks, um, good. it looks like kind of a goofball comedy. Uh, Zach Efron can do no wrong. Um, so definitely there to watch that one. All right, and we're going to take a quick commercial break. So stay tuned. We'll be back with more. Hey everyone, Adam from Spit Take Podcast here. If you're enjoying this week's episode and want to relive some of the best moments, make sure to head over to our YouTube page where you can have access to all the funniest and best conversations between me, Rick, and Sam, as well as full-length episodes you may have missed. Just search at Spit Taker or Spit Take Podcast and make sure to subscribe to see all the latest from the Spit Take Podcast crew. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right, and welcome back. We are talking today about our topic that is the DC animated movies. Uh, we are big comic book nerds, and uh, uh, some of the great DC animated movies that have come out have been just absolutely fantastic. Um, I think the DC the, the DC animated movies have been better than some of their live action movies, um, just in terms of storyline, script writing. Um, just voice acting. It's just all been really fantastic. And when you, uh, when you watch them, you get transported into the comics. And if this is where we're losing some people who are like your grown men watching superhero cartoons, um, we highly encourage you to stay to kind of hear about these because uh, a lot of these ones are not for children. Um, I'd say they at, are at least 75% are PG 13 or R graded. Yes. Most, most of these have been uh, pretty extreme, and some of the ones we're going to talk about um, have some spots that, uh, you know, even as an adult, kind of put me in a place like, holy crap, this is like, this is really intense. Uh, they went to a place that was kind of dark in some of these uh, some of these movies, um, but they are very well written, uh, very well directed. Uh, they're they're absolutely fantastic, and we encourage you to to kind of hear what we have to say about them and maybe go check them out. I believe they're all all the ones that we have listed here are on uh, Max currently. Um, but yeah, give give a couple of them a try. Uh, see if you like them. But uh, I'm going to let Rick kick it off with the first one. We'll start with Batman Red Hood, right? <laughs> like, that's one that I could pretty well say what's going on, right? So, Batman Red Hood. Strap in, folks. <laughs> grab a drink. Um, we have some time. Rick's going to explain Batman under the Red Hood. I'm not going to get too in-depth with it. No, yes, um, you are. No, I'm not going to get too deaf with it, but it's like, <laughs> I really, I think I was, I think this was like a, a fairly older one, because I know I was on deployment when I watched this one, and I definitely love the story. I, I think this was, this was originally like late 80s story, right? Late 80s, early 90s story. Somewhere um, around there. Yeah, and basically Jason Todd, who was a uh, Robin that like, Back in the day, everybody hated. Um, they voted to say what would happen to him when he was like one on one with the Joker, 
and they voted to kill him. So the Joker beat the crap out of him with the crowbar. And uh, it's barely, uh, it's, this is one of those you don't want your kid watching. Mm-hmm. Um, he is fairly brutal uh, and leaves a lot to be imagined. Um, lots to the imagination is probably what Sam's <clears throat> going to roll his eyes at me for. Um, no. um, I do want to interject. Jason Todd first appeared in 1983. Um, thank you. And um, <clears throat> so... He comes back later on. I'm sure a lot of other stuff that these guys will probably tell me I missed came in. But, uh, well, should I ruin it? Should I spoil it? Yeah, anything you can spoil this. No, one. Jason okay. Todd died. He never comes back. Yeah. We don't know anything about him. It has nothing to do with the title of the movie. Jason Todd died, but a mysterious man in a red hood comes back comes <laughs> and uh, causes chaos. And he does things better than the Batman. We're not but saying it's not Jason we're, Todd. We're not saying it's Jason Todd, but we're not saying it's not. Um, he is awful tricky and knows Jason a lot Todd. of tricks. <laughs> he is. Knows, uh, he knows yes. a lot of great tricks, and um, also um, Nightwing has a little spot in this. I wish he had more. I wish we'd see more Nightwing. To tell you the truth, he's got yeah. a decent bit, but I feel like in that one. Uh, Bruce slash Batman is like, no, this is my shit. I need to deal with it. I want you to go away. Well, and I think you're missing one of the most important parts of this movie, and uh, this is for our Supernatural fans. Jensen Ackles was the voice of Jason Todd slash possibly the Red Hood. Who would would incidentally later on become the voice of Batman? Absolutely. Um, but the the Red Hood was a fantastic movie. And it, I think it was one of my one of like the first uh, DC animated movies that made me realize that their movies are not for kids. Um, uh, I want to reiterate it is Batman under the Red Hood for anybody that's going to get pissy with us. It is Batman under yeah. the Red Hood. We know it's that. But we're going to say Batman Red Hood because that makes it easier to stop talking about. Or under the Red Hood or whatever, but it is a great it is a great storyline. And Red Hood is one of my favorite characters. Um, I've been playing uh, got the Gotham Knights game, and I've only played as Red Hood. I haven't, I haven't played as any of the other three characters you can play as. But the Red Hood is uh, he's such a he's like a brute character. That's who he is. He's a fighter. He's a killer. He is uh, good for Gotham, arguably. Um, but he does things differently than Batman. And down the down the line in the comic books, he eventually does become part of the of Batman Incorporated. Um, he is working with Batman. Batman doesn't always agree with what he does, but um, <laughs> he is part of them. Mm-hmm. So the storyline's great, though, and it has like a lot of uh, uh, moral implications about like you know uh, right or wrong to kill somebody who's a complete psychopath, basically in order to save others it has a lot of complex themes it shows a lot that has to do with anger and trauma it's it's just overall it's a fantastic movie but don't worry his face is okay his face is okay well razel ghoul takes jason todd to the uh, lazarus pit and drops him in there when he comes out because jason todd's dead at this point he drops him in the lazarus pit he comes back he's not the same person um and he goes through a little bit of insanity with everything before he returns to Gotham, which is, but does seem to come part and parcel with the Lazarus, but, um, but yeah, like 
in my opinion, one of the best conversations in the whole thing is when he's talking to Bruce and he's like, look, <clears throat> Joker killed me. And what did you do? I was your son. You didn't feel like he deserved some retribution for that? Mm -hmm. This is why you need to learn. You can't keep just putting these people in jail where we know they're going to get out of and do the same shit over again. You need to find a permanent solution. Arkham Asylum's a pretty terrible prison, though. Yeah, it's a revolving door. <laughs> it, it is. They walk in, they walk right out the same day. Any place um, that has an underground sewer system for a crocodile man, uh, probably not the best. <laughs> yeah, no, Alligator man, I know, but crocodile man sounded good. Okay, shut up. Yeah, yeah, you know, killer croc, whatever. Um, <laughs> but cool, I think, uh, you know, again, Red Hood was my first foray into the... Uh, um, into the DC animated world or DC animated movies. And it, it did hook me in and I wanted to watch every single one after that. So if there's one to start with, um, I agree with Rick. This, this is probably one of the best ones. Wait, it's um, not, it's not killer. Al. It's not I killer. It was Al. killer Al. It's, it's killer. It's Croc. definitely killer croc. Damn. Yeah. It's definitely killer croc. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. <laughs> we move on. It's <laughs> killers. <laughs> but, uh, but we'll move on. We'll, we're going to do another Batman one, a little Batman-focused one, Batman Mask of the Phantasm, which I happened to watch the other day, just kind of getting ready for this, because it's such a fantastic movie. Uh, it's a con uh, continuation of the uh, the uh, Batman, the animated series. It's basically the finale of it. It's just, you know, it's a movie within the same universe. It's so well done. And Kevin Conroy as Batman was great. Mark Hamill as the Joker was great. It brought in a villain that we weren't familiar with yet, and there was a little mystery around it. Um, but and DC, and and Batman the animated series has been widely regarded as one of the best uh, superhero animated shows of all time because it dealt with very very complex storylines. There was nothing um, you know cutesy or fun about it. It was like it was a very serious show. Uh, produced by Tim Burton. I mean, I I'd be happy if we spent a few episodes just talking about Batman the the animated series because there is holy endless cow, topics. There so many good, so many good topics on that. There are, and it's the it's like the only one where they've really it's the only thing live action animated where they've ever shown Batman as like the as being like a true hero where he wanted to actually help the criminals. Like he was actually trying to help them through their stuff to rehabilitate them, to bring them back to, uh, you know, bring them back to society and everything. It wasn't just him going around like punching things. It was a lot of times he had personal connections to these, uh, you know, to the uh, villains he was fighting and he was trying to bring them back to the good side of things. And there's just like so many so many things you can talk about with the show, like Sam said, and it's like, it'd be impossible to cover it in yep. the short amount of time we got on this podcast. Um, and maybe it's just something we come back to one day, but uh, mask of the phantasm was amazing. Very, very good. This came out when I was uh, about 11 years old and I watched it over and over and over again. 
when they say Mark Hamill is one of the best Jokers, you think, well, that's crazy. It was an animated Joker. No, that Joker was just about as depraved as any other Joker. Like, this was a freaking great Joker that made you feel like you're insane. Like, the way he laughed and the timing of it all was just like, he had no remorse for what he was doing. It was just amazing. Um, And it was very much reflected in this movie. Um, Like, that, like, I want both of us to die together, Batman. Um, that mm-hmm. was a part of this movie. And that's a part of that running kind of the way Joker's twisted mind works with his how he sees his relationship with Batman. Um, and also, yeah, you're right about how his, uh, Batman's relationship with the bad guys, but specifically Catwoman. Mm-hmm. I remember him having this, and he's always had that relationship, but this empathy for Catwoman. But I remember in this specifically me having like Catwoman be me and one of my favorite characters and him having this um, empathy for Catwoman that he was just like, why are you doing this? Stop doing this. Like he's trying to save her more than put her in prison or put her in Arkham. Yeah. He was legitimately trying to save people. Yeah. Like that was, he was, he was a true hero. And you watch the cartoon, and you're just like, "This is and Mr. Peak Batman Freeze too." That was another great oh uh, villain in this. Yeah, like, that mm-hmm. story in this with his wife and everything was mm-hmm. an amazing, touching storyline in this series. Like, this oh. is such a great series. So, first of all, the Batman villains they they all have some sort of tragic backstory, some something that can make you empathize with them. Um, except for like Joker, because we really they, he's just they, crazy. Yeah, no, Joker's just the the goat. But yeah, Mister Freeze is one that I've always empathized with. I've always understood. Like, well. I, I could see myself kind of going that way if I had the resources and the intelligence. I don't. Um, but back to back to your other point about Mark Hamill. I mean, we can argue day and night about the who the best live action Joker. Um, but as far as animated series go, man, it's it's Mark Hamill. He has yeah. never been topped as a Joker. No, when. Uh... What's his name? Uh, I think I want to say I want to say Brian DiMaggio, but I think that's wrong. The guy who does the voice of Bender in yeah. Futurama, he came in and John did DiMaggio. the Joker's voice one time. John DiMaggio, thank you. He came in and did the Joker's voice in one of the uh, animated movies or shows. I can't remember what it was, but he came yeah. in and did it. When I heard his voice, I was like, "That's fucking Bender." No, I was he, like, I couldn't hear it. He did. He did a really good job. The problem, but you're comparing is, to Mark Hamill every time. Yeah, the problem is you're comparing to Mark Hamill. Number one, number two, you know him so well from Futurama as Bender. So even if his he has changed his voice so far away from that, it's so hard to get away from Bender. And number three, I don't, I never really enjoyed his character model in that version of the Joker. Yes. Yeah. Well, and 
you know, I think one of the the best points, and we're gonna we're gonna talk obviously about the cartoon a little bit just because it was so iconic. Um, but after Batman the Animated Series and the Batman uh, Batman Superman series, there was the Justice League series, and there was an episode. I think it was a two parter um, that had the Royal Flush Gang working with Joker oh to take gosh. over a casino. Dude, you know exactly where I'm going the with most this. Heartbreaking scene in any animated series ever. 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 So like the Royal Flesh gang, they kind of beat them, but the ace, uh, the ace of hearts, um, she's sitting on a swing and so, she's like going on. to die. She's like a 10 year old girl. Yes. That yeah. good point. Yes. She's like she's a 10 year old girl who's been running yeah. this gang and she knows she's about to die. She's going to die very, very soon. Um, she's got so, superpowers. She can manipulate things, yep. but um, she's they kind of beat the rest of the Royal Flesh gang and she's there and she kind of had issues with what they were doing. Um, but she's like sitting there and Batman's the one who goes up and talks to her and he sits down on the swing next to her like this thing that could, you know, this girl who could just kill him in an instant. Yep. He goes and sits down next to her and just starts talking to her and basically just stays with her until she dies. Like that is like yeah. that her, when you watch that, it is a tearjerker. Her her looking at Batman and saying, essentially, I don't want to be alone, but you just stay with me. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And he just I stays with not, her. I have not been able to watch that scene again without, like, full-on tears coming down my face every single time. It, it hits hard. It hits yes. hard. And that's, and that's the Batman we're talking about in The Mask of the Phantasm and why it's highly regarded as one of the best um, Batman or DC animated movies ever. Yep. So... Uh, again, we can talk more in depth about uh, Batman the Animated Series another time. We're going to make that a whole subject of just our favorite episodes. Um, but I think that was great. Yeah, I mean, as long Sam, as we're here, as long as we're here, we'll we'll talk about Kevin Conroy being the best voice of Batman ever. Rest, rest in, in peace. peace. He was. Yeah. He was. Just so much effort went into that that show. It's and it's. It's it holds up. I I went through and rewatched it on Max recently, and it was it holds up. Yeah. Um. Cool. Sam, you want to introduce the next movie? Maybe we'll get into a happier topic. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I really didn't make a list for any of this. Uh. I. This is one of those topics where I can find the good in every single one of the movies. That one of the every single one of the DC animated movies. So my list would be like 200 movies long. Um, sure. I was really looking forward to just hearing what y'all brought up here. Um, like, I, I think one that probably doesn't get enough credit is Gotham by Gaslight. I haven't seen that one, you to be honest. Okay. No. So it's basically Batman. What if Batman was around uh in Whitechapel during the the Jack the Ripper murder, murders. Hmm. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Interesting idea. So Okay, they, continue. They do a lot of that. I mean, there's that um that one Batman with the uh, horror elements from uh like Cthulhu and that sort of stuff, which was pretty good. Okay. They, they do a lot of the different I don't, I don't know why they necessarily go with Batman for all of these, but it, it works for me every single time, at least in part. Um, yeah. But 
I really enjoyed because it was it was basically Batman and Catwoman. Catwoman was a prostitute, um, but because of course, why not? She'll she'll be targeted by uh, Jack the Ripper. Um, she's a sexy villain. Yeah, she's a sexy villain. Antihero. Still not as good as uh, of a love interest as Silver Saint Cloud, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but no, sure. it, it, it was just a it was a it was a change. You didn't get all the Batman gadgets. You got more or less a pure Batman without most of the gadgets, um, and it was it was really good. I thought for, okay. for something that I don't hear many people talking about, I think people should give it a shot and go into it thinking this is going to be a Batman movie without a Batmobile, without a Batplane, without any of that stuff. It's just Batman being Batman, being actually a detective. Yeah, well, I pulled it up on IMDb and I'm looking at it right now. Bruce Greenwood as uh, Batman, uh, and he's no stranger to that part. Jennifer Carpenter as Selena Kyle. That was uh, um, Dexter's sister and Dexter, obviously. John DiMaggio, speak of the devil. He was Chief Bullock. Um, yeah. Anthony Head was Alfred Pennyworth. Uh, you probably know him as Giles from uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, a lot of big names in this one. Tara Strong is in it. Bruce Tim. Um, Carrie Werher. I know her name. I can't think of where she's from, but... Uh, that's interesting. I'm going to have to go check that one out. I think I've just somehow missed that one. Yeah. I think I probably saw it at some point and meant to watch it, but I never got, got a chance to. So I'm going to have to put that on my list to, to check out. It's for the most part, less action than you may expect from a Batman movie. But if you mm-hmm. go into it, expecting more of a detective movie with some action thrown in, it's good. Huh? Interesting. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to have to check that one out. I wish I had put more input into that one, but uh, again, I haven't seen it. Rick, did you see that one? No. No. Give it a shot, guys. I think y'all yeah. will probably like it if you're looking for a Batman movie that is more detective and less, you know, Bruce Lee. Absolutely. Doubt cool. <laughs> <laughs> If any of our listeners want to, no, we're just joking. <laughs> <laughs> if any of our, right. our listeners want to be Bruce Lee, contact Rick Rogers. At... <laughs> I got some chores to do at my house. I'll teach you to fight kung fu. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, one's called so... Brush the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, why don't you introduce going, the next is that one? A Vince McMahon kind of thing going on there. <laughs> This one's called Become the Toilet. <laughs> uh, is that a Vince McMahon thing? <laughs> okay, anyways. <laughs> All right, Rick, give us the next one. See, I, would, I didn't want to start out because my favorite ones are really, like, there's a lot of them that came out in 2010. I don't yes. know why. Um, but my two favorite are when Batman and Superman are together. Like, I feel like they are so both kind of similar and different at the same time. Like they're both kind of quiet, even tempered people, but like one is um, very well brought up and the other's tortured. And so it's just, I like seeing that kind of together, how that kind of meshes together. 
And uh, the Batman Superman Public Enemies and the Justice League Crisis on Two Earths, I feel like they spend a lot of time together. In hey, those two you're movies. only supposed to pick one, and now you're doing two in that one Sam's... section? Come on. Both you pick one of Sam's. I'm not you... doing two in one sections. I'm just saying those are my two favorites. <laughs> um and that's where I would have started out with. I just felt nervous that I would just screw those up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I didn't start out with those. Well, um, pick, pick uh, whichever no, one you want. We, so, we've, we've got time here. Explain both of them for the next 20 minutes. We, Adam and I just want to sit back and watch you explain them. Yeah, I got to well, go take a piss. So feel free to explain for a while. <laughs> I'm not going to like explain for 20 minutes. But uh, the easier one to explain is Justice League... Uh, crisis and two worse oh i have to um, stay for this one i can't okay i'll hold it well i mean it's not <laughs> too complicated uh basically what you have going on here is um no it's not i'm not gonna get too complicated <laughs> come on no, i mean joy no you, you got like it's on a different earth it's in an alternate universe of what the I don't know. What do you call the normal DC universe? Whatever you call the normal DC universe. Um, tell me what it is. So it's it's Earth 2. Yes. DC universe is Earth 2? Yeah. Okay. So they're, they're on Earth 2. Okay. Earth 2 and Earth 1. Um, no, I'm sorry. So the, the, the Injustice League is on Earth 3. Okay. Well, the alternate universe is <clears throat> like... Um, See, it's like eleven o'clock at night here, so Earth, I can't think very well. You guys get Earth, me on the spot. Yeah, I, I, but Earth, yeah. Earth One's like Golden Age, right? Earth One is. Uh, or is that uh, Yes, it's Golden Age. Golden Age. No, that's Golden Age. Silver Age was uh, was Earth Two. Well, I know there's two Earths, and on one of them, like there's at the, least two. The good guys are the bad guys, and the bad guys are the good guys. So, like Lex Luthor, who's usually the bad guy, is the good guy. And, like, Superman, who's actually Ultraman, is the bad guy. But Superman's the good guy. But this is the bad guy. And Lex Luthor is the bad guy is the good guy. So, <laughs> so anyways. Hope you're like, following along at home. <laughs> and it's not Batman. It's Owlman. It, but, yeah. yeah that, but that's why you like the movie. Because, But, like, I really like Owlman. That's, like, what I really mm. like the movie for. But the problem he, with Owlman, he's, like, he kind of sucks. Like. He's just kind of cool, but like he always fails. So like, he was, he was like, like kind of like a depressing character. He's like, I don't yes. fucking care. I know everything. He was yep. like an emo guy. He it, sat there and was like, the world is sad and it's disappointing. Yeah, He's like, he it was, should die. He was purely Batman if he had no hope for, you know, somebody to change. Yeah. But that's like, all he was because that's what that, Batman hinges on is believing he, that people can change. I love it, that, but I love him because yeah. I love pure evil. I love the heel. I love the guy. Like, there was no redemption in him. So if we're going to talk Owlman, hold on, because I want to give – and I, I like, I'm sorry if I steal this from you. My favorite part in that whole movie is at the very end where he's on at Earth Prime and there's a bomb. And he's like well, – well, Hold on a second. The okay. good guys are tr Lex Luthor's trying to keep the bad guys like Owlman and Ultraman from blowing up all the alternative universes, basically. Mm -hmm. And then they get Superman and Flash, you know, Earth Two involved. 
And so the Justice League basically gets oh, involved. Shoot. And then basically uh, Batman is tasked to stop uh, Owlman, basically, is what happens. Yeah, I'll take some. Um, I forgot. I forgot this has one of my favorite Superman voice actors, Mark Harmon. Yes. He, well, there you go. He's, yeah, up there is one of the best Superman voice actors for me. Um, but I I really, I really enjoyed the evil version of Wonder Woman in that movie. Yes. She was well, with, dumb, which is, um, it wasn't Wonder it was Woman, though. It was, but it was, it wasn't, it was Supergirl. Exciting. Yeah, no, it was it was Lois Lane as Superwoman. Or yeah. Superwoman. Yeah, I'm a fucking nerd, and I love it. <laughs> um, but I no, I really like this one, and one of the reasons I like it is because it's some of my favorite storylines in the comics. Yeah. Is when they do battle with Earth Three um, in the New Fifty Two uh, comics. They had what was called the Trinity War, uh, which was a series of comics like all based around one big storyline. So there's really just uh, such a good storyline but the whole premise is is that they find these keys that pandora had un- basically unlocked they find these keys if the keys are combined it's going to open a portal to earth three they don't know this as they're fighting for it they just know they're fighting for these keys which are like skulls or whatever but um they end it ends up with like the justice league battling against the uh justice society fighting for this alfred pennyworth from earth three the evil alfred ends up getting them, puts them together, and then Earth-3 comes through, traps the Justice League, and this is when the villains all of a sudden are like, hey, the villains of uh, of the good, you know, of the good Earth, they band together, and they're like, hey, this is not cool with us, and all the villains get together and basically free the Justice League to take out um, the Earth-3, you know, Ultraman, Superwoman, everything. It's yeah. a fantastic storyline. One of my favorite parts in it was um, Captain Cold, uh, where he's sitting there against the uh, um, the alternate version of the Flash, and he's like being held up against the wall by the Flash, and uh, he looks at him and he says, uh, and he just the, the Flash says something to him. I can't remember what it was, and he just says, "Jingle bells, Batman smells," and his cold gun goes off and hits the evil Flash in the leg and breaks off his leg. <laughs> And it shows how cold and calculating like yep. Captain Cold really was. It was an awesome scene in there. But going back to Crisis on Two Earths, it's it's such a great storyline. Anytime they bring the two opposing sides together um, to the point it's been done in the comics. They've teamed up with them before in some of the crisis events. Um, they've just really told good stories involving those characters. And um, to Rick's point, the the bad guys being the good guys, Lex Luthor and the Joker are trying to stop the Injustice League the on Earth three. Yeah, the, the Jester, Jester. I'm sorry. No, they're trying to stop the Injustice League on Earth three. And the um, evil Flash is Johnny Quick. Johnny yep. Quick, thank you. That's I couldn't think of what his name was. Johnny Quick. Um, but the 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 movie had so many great scenes in it. One of the one of the great ones too was that they created this uh, they created this device to open a portal. Uh, I believe it was the uh, the gravity treadmill or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm drawing a blank on some of these things, but anyways, Batman's like, "Hey, he's like, we need what well, you know, we need uh, speedster to get on this thing and run to like get it going." And Flash is like, "I'll do it." And then Batman's like, "No, like he's not faster." Fast pointing at Johnny Quick. No. Yeah, he's like, "You're not fast enough," and he tells Johnny Quick, "You know, you have to do it." Be- and 
it shows like kind of the sociopath that Batman really is because he knows that when it's done, Johnny Quick is going to die. He knows uh, that and he doesn't tell him that. Yep. It, I don't I don't know if it's sociopath. It's knowing Johnny Quick is inevitably not a good person. He makes a decision to let somebody die. Yeah. He, yeah. And yeah, when Flash realizes that that's what he did, man, mm-hmm. that was one of those moments. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. That was great. There were so many great moments from that movie. Um, mm-hmm. Clancy Brown does the voice of Lex Luthor, and Clancy Brown is fantastic. Yeah. Um, he's great in everything he does. Uh, he's been in Smallville. He's been in a lot of DC stuff, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Crisis on Two Earths is definitely one of my favorites. Um, definitely check that one out if you're interested in these at all, because they're, um, again, it's one of my favorite storylines. Just good, you know, good versions versus evil versions, which is a classic from Star Trek going all the way back then when they faced again off against like the evil, uh, the evil Enterprise crew with the must or the goatees. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are. I'm yeah. not a Star you guys Trek at person. least know the I, reference. I know that. Yeah, but you know, know the reference. reference. Um, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but right. I kind of hijacked that from Rick. Anything anything else for, for that one? Um, sorry, I was uh, reading. What? <laughs> <laughs> Anything else for uh, Crisis on Two Earths? No. Um. No. My biggest thing for Crisis on Two Earths is it was. It's just like really cool to um, see. Well, I think the Batman versus Batman kind of aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing Batman trying to outsmart Batman was kind of fun. Um, and it was like doom Batman versus hope Batman, you know, yep. kind of version going on there. And yeah, I think for me, if you know anything about me, like I said, like I'm always a fan of the bad guy and the more evil and the, the, um, the less sympathy you can have for the bad guy, the better for me. Yeah. Uh, I want my bad guy to have absolutely no redemption and do the most heinous acts. Fictional bad guy, not Vince yeah. McMahon bad guy. <laughs> well, allegedly, and like, like I was Vince trying, McMahon bad guy. Allegedly. allegedly. Well, and like I was saying before, like the best part is at the very end with Owlman where he gets trapped on uh, yeah, like some kind of I don't think it was Earth Prime. It was somewhere else, like whatever. He gets trapped basically with it the bomb that's gonna destroy the yeah, universe. The original Earth. Was it? Okay. Yeah. So he gets he gets trapped anyway. We're talking about we don't know what this is the original Earth. We don't know what actually happened here. And no, no, no. Like I remember. Really I remember now. I remember now. They were he was trying to blow up Earth Prime because that would destroy all the other universes. But they sent him to a dead universe. And just well, when they the transfer, up. yeah, when the yes. when the bomb went that off, was, they tran they they um, Batman got him hooked up yeah. to something. Yeah, but Owl Man just sitting there as like the bombs with him, and he looks at it as the countdown's going down, and you're like waiting for him to try to disarm it, and he just looks at it and goes, "What's the point?" and yeah. smiles and dies. Oh my god, right, right. that scene right there was that's, so good. That's why I liked Owl Man because. Yeah. He like that's why I was saying is like he kind of sucked at everything. He kept losing, but like 
I could imagine him as being a badass and kind of like not caring and going into everything. Like you kind of want that though. So yeah. in the, in the comic books, Owlman is, uh, they don't say this in crisis. I don't think, but it, uh, Owlman is Thomas Wayne. Yeah. Um, so after the Trinity war in the new 52, Owlman sticks around. He doesn't like whatever happens. He gets away. He sticks around to try to connect with Bruce because that was his son. And he went to a dark place and became Owlman because of, uh, because he lost Bruce in his world. Jeez. Now it's think about flashpoint paradox. Well, we're going to get to that one real soon, but, uh, there's one other one I want to talk about. That's kind of in line with crisis on two earths. And that's Batman, Superman, public enemies. Um, the, this was another one released around the same time, and it's uh, it's another classic, uh, fantastic movie. It's basically Batman and Superman versus the world. Um, Superman gets framed for killing Metallo. Everybody thinks he's evil. They want him brought in. Superman's innocent. Batman knows he's innocent. They work together to try to clear his name from, like, uh, you know, against Amanda Waller and everything. Is, real quick, is that the one where... Superman goes to talk to Batman and Batman's got a horse that Superman puts his arm up and all of a sudden a fucking eagle lands on his arm. Is that this one? I don't remember if that's in there. Because that's the scene, I, I'm pretty sure it is, that's the scene that every single time I'm like, alright, how how much do you want to show who these people are? <laughs> right. No, I don't remember if that one's in there, but they have some very classic scenes in there. One of the best is a meme that I see over and over on Facebook, which is... Uh, after Superman gets shot with the uh, kryptonite bullet and Batman's trying to get it out. And he's like, I, he's like, yeah, he's like, I need to move, uh, need to move quick before this closes up. And then Superman says, uh, says something to him. And he's like, Clark, he's like, lose the humor. And, you know, Clark tells him like, do me a favor and buy some. And the other really great point um, in there is when they fight Shazam, Superman no, fights. Don't Shazam. Ruin mine. Okay. Okay, fine. Sam or Rick, you tell this one. You tell this one because that is a great moment where he where he like beats down Shazam and then he turns into a Billy Batson and uh, he's like playing possum and he goes he goes he's like are you okay and then he opens his eyes he goes Shazam and then the lightning comes down. Yep, that's God like damn. that's the part that makes my hair my hair stand up on my neck like. That was a badass part. When you think, like, people always kind of say Shazam's kind of lame, but, like, that part right there makes Shazam look like a badass. Peak Shazam. Um, yeah. No, no, no. I'm glad you brought that. I'm glad you were able to tell that one because you seem a lot more passionate about it than I do. I, I like that part. I was to talk about it. I'm like, he's going to ruin it and for me. And he tried to steal it from me. <laughs> but... That's a great part. The other one is so Power Girl is on their side and she's with uh, Toy Man. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah um, she was. She's over there with Toy Man. And Toy Man's like this little 15 year old kid who's building robots and stuff and technology. And at one point, they come back to his lair where Power Girl is and she like runs up to them and hides behind them. And she's like, he's chasing me around with x ray glasses. And he's like, I just want to see if they work as he's just following Power Girl around trying to use his x ray specs on her. It's so funny. Um, there's some good moments in that one. Yeah, there are. But that that's a really good one because it's just kind of, again, it's the two of but them versus the world. It's fun watching them 
when they realize the gorilla grod's like controlling people um you don't remember that part yeah okay you looked you looked like you were like what um i just saw that sam was messaging me in here oh okay um oh yeah that was back during the best at 9 20 an hour ago oh okay um might be no the part where they were like fighting everybody like everybody kept showing up giganta showed up yes Um, that was probably the best part of the movie when they were kind of like fighting everybody and there was a lot of action in that and that's where i'm talking about like the the mesh between Batman and Superman, like that's peak Batman and Superman <clears throat> together. I forgot about that part. Cause they have the bounty on their head and yeah. everybody's trying to collect uh-huh. and gorilla Grodd shows up and he's mind controlling all the villains. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. that was, that was a great scene. Yeah. I forgot about that scene. Oh yeah. my yes. God. That's, I have to go back that's, and watch that one again. I said like that part and the Shazam part got my, got me like, I remember watching watching that and that be that is my favorite um, animated DC movie, right there, and um, and I was watching DC movies before that, so yeah, um, it's not like it was my first one. So you'd think it would be my first one because this came out in 2010 too. So there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of there's, for some reason there's a lot of movies that came out around that time yeah. mm-hmm. for some reason. But yes, there was so many great parts to this movie, and it's like for me, it's like there's too many Batman Superman stuff. Yeah, but Batman Superman together was a lot of fun for me in this. Well, and the next one I'm going to bring up is really, I mean, if we're done talking about that one, um, I want to bring up another. And really, we have four movies on here that are all part of the same series. And I don't know if we need to talk about them. Some of them we'll talk about individually, but from about, uh, I think it was like 20, 2013 through about 2020, there was a series of movies that were all connected. They all fed into each other of DC animated movies. Um, and I'm trying to remember off, uh, off the top of my head, which ones they all were, but they were just fantastic. They were fantastic movies. And they had started with flashpoint paradox uh, and then it went to Justice League War, and it ended with Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Uh, and there was about a dozen movies in between there, and they were all part of the same continuity. Um, and one of the parts that pisses me off about this is you watch that, and you're like, they are very capable of making excellent movies and writing excellent movies that have a continuity that makes sense, but they just can't bring that to the big screen but they do it very well in the animated movies. Um, But this series of movies is is just so good. And a lot of them were based on the new 52 comic books. Some of them were, um, were original Uh, justice league war was, was very good. That was kind of the start of the justice league after flashpoint paradox had reset the universe. And we'll get into that in a second, but maybe we should talk about that first. But in any case, justice league war comes around and like they're the this is where the team gets together one of the major changes from the comic book to the movie was that aquaman wasn't a part of the movie uh instead of aquaman they had shazam as part of the movie um but that is 
like that whole series of movies was so good. Everything that everything that they did was good. The death of Superman, the um, if you the reign of the Superman. If you, if you try to take Justice League Dark from me, I'm gonna be pissed. I didn't take Justice League Dark from me. I'm saying I'm talking about that whole series from 2013 to 2020. That's way I, listen, too wide of a thing. I'm not man. taking. You gotta settle down. Yeah. Take one. I'm shit? hold on, hold on. I'm just talking about that in general. But my actual one that I'm going to talk now? about, uh, the actual one that I'm going to talk about is uh, Flashpoint Paradox because that was a great movie. I really love that one. It started, kicked off this whole thing that we're going to get into here. But the Flashpoint Paradox was excellent. And Flash has always been one of my favorite characters. It's been well established in the comics, in the movies, in the shows, everything that the Flash is a pivotal part of the DC universe. Yeah. He exists it, like their Superman can die and the world doesn't change that much. They get a little sad. Batman can die. Somebody else picks up the mantle as Batman. The flash dies. It changes the entire universe. Yeah. Like that's the importance of the flash that you don't get to see all the time. And he has so much impact on everything. Even going back to the, the justice league animated series, the episode where they go and meet the Justice Lords, who were uh, the Justice League on another Earth, but on their Earth, the Flash died in a battle, and they went to a side of being more extreme with their tactics. They weren't bad guys, but they were kind of extreme good guys. Um, but like he just plays such a pivotal part. And you get into Flashpoint Paradox, where he goes back in time. All he does is save his mom, you know, from being murdered. And the whole universe turns upside down. And instead it's, of Thomas and Martha Wayne dying, Bruce dies. Like, yep. Yeah. And yep. And uh, Thomas Wayne becomes Batman and Martha Wayne becomes the Joker. That wasn't the Martha Wayne being the Joker was not in the Flashpoint movie, but that is canon in the comics. It was it, it was in they, there. You don't see her, but right. Right. It's there's like hinting at it. You hear her voice. But I mean, everything, the battle between Atlantis and Themyscira, you know, the war between them going on, um, the Shazam family, like helping out during the battle. Like there's just a little bit of everything in there. And, you know, the reverse flash. And this is where I got a little disappointed with the flash movie. If they were doing flashpoint paradox for whatever reason, they brought Zod in and it's like, I was expecting them to try to use reverse flash because reverse flash is kind of the mastermind behind a lot of this. And, you know, and he's always been the flash's main villain. Right. But the way they tell the story is so good. And at the end of it, flash realized now I have to go back and I have to set things right, but still can't set it a hundred percent right. And creates the new 52. Um, But flashpoint paradox is, is amazing. It's a very good, very good movie. There are so many different ways that people handle time travel in their own universes, their own whatever they create. I, I've i always kind of leaned towards the DC handling of it, where Flash goes back, creates Flashpoint, and then he realizes that was a mistake and has to go back again and fix it. But he can't go and stop himself from creating the Flashpoint. Yeah. I like that. I it like is, that version. Yeah. That is a good version. 
Um, But Flashpoint Paradox kicked off the new 52, which brings us to to the next part of this, which is Sam's. Justice League Dark. Um, It has... (laughs) Number one, it's got my favorite um, female Justice League on and off member, which is Zatanna. Um, I like her character. I like her character design a lot. Um, but she's, she's great. She's smart. She knows what she's doing. She's capable, but you know, she's a magic user and that's entertaining. Um, it also has my favorite of all time Batman quote. And it's, I say it kind of tongue, tongue in cheek, but kind of seriously. And it's just, hmm. Because <laughs> anytime he sees something that doesn't quite make sense to him, that's just his responses. And I I enjoy it. Um, you get Raz al Ghul, you get uh, um, oh, what's his name? The Swamp Thing guy, uh, Man Thing. Is it Man Thing? Swamp Thing? Is it Swamp Thing? Man Thing is Mar. Man Thing is Marvel. It's Swamp okay. Thing. It's the same character, just different universes, um, more or less. Um, but no, you you get a different side of the DC universe than most people are used to seeing, and it's it's entertaining to me. It's the more supernatural side, and I've always had fun with that. One. It is great seeing Constantine use his intelligence, uh, pointing that yes. out. Um, Kind of getting uh, Swamp Thing uh, riled up, saying, look what they're doing to your greens. Um, Trying to get Swamp Thing on on their side. Because Swamp Thing don't give a shit about them. He he hates the humans. You know, he's kind of like... Kind of like the Atlanteans. They don't give a shit about the humans, you know. Like, it seems like everybody that's not the humans don't really give a shit about the (laughs) humans. So you gotta, like... Find the common enemy and turn them against them. And it was probably the best, in my opinion, use of Etrigan that I've seen in uh, animation or animated movies mm. or whatever. Um, it was yeah. really good. Really well done. <clears throat> and Zatanna yeah. was hot. Like, what else can I say? <laughs> she always is. But yes. uh, John Constantine is one of my favorite characters. Um, and just always has been. Just his way of the way he does things, he's not like it, he's good, but at times he does things that are so shady. You can't really call him good. Yeah. Um, and, but you can't even put him in the anti-hero. He's kind of in a category all his own. He's a great guy. Um, yeah, basically one of my favorite things going again, going back to the Trinity war, one of my favorite parts of that comic series was uh, when the justice league and the justice society are fighting over the last key. And John Constantine just in the, the keys corrupt everybody who touches them. John Constantine walks in and picks it up and he's like, Oh, he's like, so what's all this about and everything. And somebody asked him like, well, why aren't you, uh, they said something like, Oh, well, why aren't you corrupted? And he's like, is like, can't soil a pot. That's already dirty. Yeah. And that was like my favorite line. And I'll just never forget that line. Cause it's just pointing out that like, yeah, I'm kind of a shit bag, but, being kind of a shit bag means that I can't be more of a shit bag. Yep. So he, yeah, he, 
I say he's a great Jedi, but I really do kind of mean that. He he's not good. He's not bad. He's there to keep the balance, and yeah. that's that has always felt like his job. Um, yeah, which I like his and Zatanna's like back and forth in that because they used to date, and Zatanna is a good character. He's the moral middle. Um, I I enjoy it. Constantine's I've always liked him, but he's never been like oh my gosh top of the top of the heap for me. Uh, See, I for know me, he always, is. I've no, I know. I've always loved him. Loved him. Um, I know you like the moral gray characters. Um, I do. I absolutely do. Which well, I, 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 I do in a lot of things too, but I don't know for some reason I don't. I it may have come from the the movie and the TV show. I was just inundated with hype on that stuff, and then I finally started watching. And I was like, it's it's okay. It's you know, it's not bad, but I'm not. I really like, like them blown away by it i i know i I wish i'd been able to go into it with your mindset on it because i probably would feel the same way well so constantine wasn't somebody i got into until later um because when i went and saw the movie in theaters when it came out the keanu reeves one i went and saw it in theaters and uh, i really liked the movie but i didn't know it was a dc property when i went to go see it that's like how far removed i was from it i didn't get into him until yeah so, and that's the difference though. So it's interesting when you read some of the comics, like depending on how he's interacting is how his character is. Cause to me, there's like two different John Constantines. There's Hellblazer, John Constantine, and there's DC, John Constantine, DC, John Constantine is just about magic and everything. Hellblazer is like, he's fighting the supernatural demons of hell. Like it's, they're very different just depending on which comic he's in. I will say that there was that was that moment in time in about 2019, 2020, for whatever reason, they did did put somebody that wasn't Batman or Superman front and center because Constantine was kind of the lead in that. And he did have another movie they put out, another animated they Mm -hmm. put out around then, too. That's on Max uh, in that house of mystery. Yeah. So uh, with uh, that same actor that played him in the series. Yep, um, Matt Ryan. Uh, so I I personally do like Constantine just because, first of all, uh, freaking dude that freaking exercises demons and shit is cool. And uh, the freaking mentality is cool. The accent is cool. Like, for me, like everything about it, like just the character alone is cool, let alone not even talking about the backstory. But like, yeah, for me, the, that style of character is cool. Yeah. Well, and they did put him front and center for a lot of the cartoons. And there was a huge fan outcry for Matt Ryan to continue playing this character because the first time he played it was as Constantine on the NBC show. Um, that was kind of tied to the Arrowverse. And then after that got canceled, I think they only got 11 or 11 or 12 episodes and they, you know, it was in a shitty time spot. Let's be honest. But like the, the show itself was not bad. It was good. But then they brought him back on arrow for an episode to help Sarah Lance get her soul back. And then he became a series regular on, uh, legends of tomorrow. 
Um, and then from that point on, he voiced the character through all of the DC animated movies. The the crossover with him and Lucifer from the Lucifer show yes. was great. Yes. Yes. If you didn't know, Lucifer, if you're a fan of the show, is a DC Comics property as well. Yep. Um, it used to be Vertigo. Which, Vertigo. Yeah. yeah. Used to be Vertigo, they, which, which is... Yo, go ahead, Rick. I think DC owns them. Yep. Yeah. Which is my favorite little secret that I have with my wife. She liked the show a lot. And I was like, yes, I finally got her on a DC DC show. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it was great when they did the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover and they had all the different characters come on. And, you know, I had seen the behind the scenes spoilers of like uh, of Tom Ellis being on the show. And when they actually had that scene where he goes and talks to Lucifer with a couple other people. And it was funny because Lucifer was in classic Lucifer mode. Mm-hmm. You know, he was hitting on the girls he was with and everything. But you find out a little backstory about how Constantine was the reason Maze was able to come to Earth. Yep. Like he he helped Lucifer and that's why Lucifer owed him. Um, so and that's that's really cool. Um, and I wish they would explore that in some kind of storyline at some point. You know, uh, just really the the Lucifer comics, which I haven't gotten a chance to read. I know it's very different from the show, yeah. but I would love to read those someday and really get a feel for like what that character was like. But they were him and Constantine always had a back and forth. Mm-hmm. That was excellent. Uh, Sandman was in there, too, somewhere kind of floating around. Um, they were getting a little off topic with the Justice League Dark, but. Yeah, we just like the character, but that opens up Justice League Dark opens up a lot. I mean, if Justice League is the world, Justice League Dark adds at least another 10 planets. Yeah, well, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War was the finale to that continuity. Mm -hmm. And it, again, centered around John Constantine. Yeah, because he was the one sent back from. And that was another case of kind of turning good guys bad a little, you know, kind of in that vein. But Batman was bad this time. Um, He was was taken as a slave by Darkseid. Thing to see, yeah, they were slaves. Superman escaped, but he had the um, the the kryptonite ass on his chest. On his chest. That's the one where Batman's in the chair, right, and has the white suit. Yeah. 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 Oh, gosh. And uh, what was it? Mira, Martian Manhunter, and a couple others were turned into like Cyborg Furies for Darkseid. Yep. So that movie, if you want to talk about Dark, that movie caught me off guard. 100% caught caught me off guard. From the moment they went, like they went back and because they started off with them going to attack Apocalypse. And then they cut back to Earth two years later and the parademons have taken over Earth and John Constantine's in a bar, whatever. But then they go back to the battle and you see Green Lantern get eaten alive by parademons. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like that fucked me up a little bit. I was like, what the fuck is this? And like that, there was a few others. I think Zatanna got eaten too. Yep. Um, other people got like burned alive, stabbed through the heart. Like, I mean, it was, it was incredibly graphic for a, <laughs> What it, I, for a cartoon? It shows, a, along with Flash, it shows how important of a character Raven is too. Yes, yeah. Raven was good in this too. Yeah, you're right. Um, yep. 
Yeah, Raven was outstanding in this one. Yeah. But, you know, everything leading up to, to Apocalypse War, again, the continuity was so good, and they just were able to plan ahead and tell the story. I want them to do that in the live action. I don't know why they can't get the same people who planned this fantastic universe to do that. What is so difficult? Live action has a higher budget, so that means more people's hands in it. So that means more people have a say in how it goes, and that means more people are going to fuck it up. Just tell a good fucking story. It's not that hard. You have now now, 80 years of background. Pick something. (laughs) Now they're giving James Gunn creative control, right? Yes. James Gunn's got creative control. It does not mean that other board members and blah, blah, blah aren't going to be like, do this, do that. But I think it's probably going to be a little more organized. My thing is I'm already burnt out. So it's not going to be as exciting as I was already let down by the last 15 years. (sighs) I agree. But the one thing I will say about James Gunn is he knows how to tell a story. And I think if he's given the creative control and really given the freedom to tell the story, it will be good. But I do worry about the studio. I always worry about the studio because the studio is what fucks it up most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially Warner Brothers, apparently. Yeah. Well, and they like and I again, I love Zack Snyder movies. And I feel like if he had had the creative control that he needed to do what he wanted to with the DC Universe, we would have gotten better movies. I know I can see the influence on what happened in that universe with the studio. I can see it in the movies. I yeah, I felt like, I felt was better. Um, it was significantly. Oh, I don't think it was his original vision, and he updated it. I did no. feel like it, and it was like three hours long. I did four. It was like three or four hours long. Yeah. But I did significantly enjoy it better. And one day I will sit and watch it again. But because um, it is afternoon. something like I watched it. And I was like, I do want to watch again. Yeah. No. Absolutely. But yeah, back to uh, Apocalypse War. Like it was uh, it was a story that concluded everything. And in the end, has the Flash run off to reset the universe? Um like, it's tough to say, like, because, again, there was 12, 13 movies, something like that within this continuity that you kind of need to watch to understand, like, everything that happens. And, I mean, you can skip around because I to say that I saw all of them, I didn't. But I saw some most of the major ones and they were very good. Um, Apocalypse War was the darkest of all of them, but it was the conclusion. So you kind of had to uh, the Constantine House of Mystery. That was the epilogue for that um series no but yeah no i i I really like that one though apocalypse war was one of my favorites uh but the whole universe kind of being started by after flashpoint which was kind of the prologue really to this universe justice league war was really good too where the justice league finally you know first comes together they did a very good job with that one all right um anybody have any special mentions anything like that i would just say uh the only other one i'll mention is red sun i did like that one that was a good that was pretty good i enjoyed that one um i don't really need to talk in depth about it but i mean basically the the premise is 
uh, Kellel lands lands in uh, Russia instead of Kansas, yep. and he's becomes the Russian Superman. And it's not like he's a bad guy; he's just makes Russia a superpower. Yep, bigger superpower. But wow. no, yeah, I like that, that one. That was a really good one. I like that as a what if alternate universe sort of thing. Um, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was something different. Rick, do you have any special mentions? Yeah, I do want to mention one I watched the other day. I was just like, what's this? Battle of the Super Sons. Uh, it was yeah. basically Damian Wayne teaming up with Jonathan Kent, uh, which was Lois and uh, Clark's son. And basically the world's been taken over. Uh, it's basically like, uh, uh, what's it? You know, uh, I forget what it is, but like the starfish creature. I don't think it's from the Starro. comics, really. Yeah, Starro. Uh, is it from the comics? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Starro's taken over, but like it's very unsettling how the animation is done to where the star comes out of their mouth and onto their face. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really. I haven't seen good. that one. It's, it's I'm going to really watch that. Good. And it's really deep because, like, Damian Wayne, he's like, I'm the grandson of the demon head and blah, 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 you know. And um, but like he keeps getting humbled all the time. And uh, Jonathan Kent's like, he's new to all this. He's discovering his his power, Smallville style. And Damian does does not play well with others. He's rejected by the Teen Titans. And uh, he's got this big head to him. And it's I think it's really good. Um, and, yeah. you know, uh, and they don't have like the grownups are taken over. So it's it's on them, you know. So yeah. it's something to check out. So Definitely. my. Yeah, no, that's a really good one. My special mention would be Justice League versus Teen Titans. Um, basically, Justice League. is That was a good one, too. Yeah. They get taken over by, I don't remember exactly what it was, but Teen Titans end up having to save the Justice League. Oh, that was a really good one. Uh, another Damian Wayne, Raven, uh, uh, Cyborg, Beast Boy, you know, the your That's, standard Teen Titans. That's the one where they go to the uh, carnival, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I remember that. That was that was a good one. Definitely worth a mention. That. That's a good one. And it kind of shows like how the Teen Titans just kind of it's kind of like a misfit story. Like they're kind of like they got their superpowers, but they're misfits, but they end up coming together as a team. Very good stuff. Yeah, no, they've all got incredible powers, but they don't all know how to work those powers with the team. And it's them learning how to be a team, work the powers and take out the Justice League. Um, Really good or save the Justice League. Really good. Um, it's one of them that I'll end up going back and forth, um, rewatching over and over again. Um, but with that, I see by my empty bottle of Cavazier that our time is up here. Cavazier. Um, yes, my empty bottle of Cavazier. Uh, once again, yeah. thank you for listening to Spit Take Podcast. Uh, my name is Sam. Don't forget to. Like, share, and subscribe. Uh, give us a comment and check us out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, everywhere you get your podcasts. Rick, take us out.
Level up, guys. Bye.